0: my soul. Oh so-
1: Tonight, a uh, preacher asked uh, Brother Caleb to preach for us. It's, uh, it's so exciting to be a part of a church that has such able-bodied men that can f- fill this pulpit when the staff's out. And so I- I'm excited to hear, uh, we got to hear Brother Sells last week and get to hear Brother Caleb tonight. Uh, so c- Brother Caleb, why don't you come and pray
0: for, uh, preach for us?
1: All right. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 16. This is crazy. You know, I think about, <clears throat> um, I've never preached, I was telling my wife on the way here, I've never preached a normal church service before. I've been fortunate enough to, um, to preach or to teach, you know, in Sunday school classes, which is awesome, to do go rallies. Um, I remember years ago, we did uh, what was called uh, light nights, and the pastor would give us an opportunity if you were, I think you had to be 10 years old, if you were 10 years old or under 12, you had to be, I think, like three minutes, I think is what it was. You had three minutes to come up and give a quick little straight-to-the-point message. And then if you were 12 years old or older, you had five minutes. Now, some took seven or eight, Mark. Um... (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, In fact, I don't even know, I think you only got to do it once, if I remember. Yeah, at the annex building. And, uh, but I got to do that, and that was awesome. I remember the very first time I did it, my dad helping me write, you know, an outline out, and he did such a good job that I only got through half of it. I mean, I only had three minutes. You know, I could barely read fast enough to get through a whole page. But uh, when he asked me, if he, he said, hey, listen, we're going to be traveling back Wednesday. We won't be back in time for the service. Would you be willing to preach the Wednesday night service? And my exact reaction verbatim was, oh, wow. <laughs> That's what I said. And wasn't anticipating it. Um, I was telling my wife again, and there's pressure with preaching because I, I don't want to mess up. And I'm not talking about stuttering or losing my place i'm talking about getting it right you know i don't want to mess up this is a big deal um standing behind the pulpit is this is you know a sacred place this isn't something i want to take lightly and so there's those nerves that i have of you know make sure you're taking the bible for what it says you know don't take things out of context I told my wife again on the way here. I said, I don't want to just start rambling on because then I feel like you can start to say your opinion versus what the Bible says. I'm speaking for myself, not anybody else. Okay, but for myself, I could see that starting to happen. You know, you get away from your notes and you just start going and going and all of a sudden it's like, is that your opinion, Caleb, or is that the Bible? You know, and so I'm trying to stay away from that. And I don't want to get into too deeply what, this means, but all I can say is it's really, really cool to be able to stand here. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to preach for a main service again, um, but it's really cool to see and remember, you know, Wednesday night services in our basement, you know, and my dad doing those to people being there and faces I still recognize that are here, and then having the opportunity to be here and to be someone that can share a message with all of you and seeing some of those same people is just sobering and again i feel the weight of you've been given a lot there's a huge responsibility and so it's just really awesome and i don't want to get into it too much but it's just god is so good to me and this opportunity is awesome i was really looking forward to it and i hope i can just be an encouragement to you tonight so Let's go to John chapter 16 here, and I'm going to read a few verses, all right? Bear with me, verses 1 through 18 to start, and we'll kind of get going from there. The Bible says, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me, but these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asks me whither, thou go, whither goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will shew you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall shew it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall shew it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye ye shall see me, because I go to the Father." Then said some of the disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me? And again a little while, and ye shall see me? And because I go to the Father? They said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I come before you this evening. God, thank you for tonight and our opportunity to gather in your house. God, I pray that uh, you would guide my lips tonight and that I would uh, follow your leading and, and say only what you would have me to say tonight. Uh, Lord, I don't have anything to offer these people, your people, Lord, so I pray that you would just give me something from your word and that I could be a blessing and that we could all learn something tonight. And we'll praise you for it. Amen. In John chapter 16, uh, it takes place towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, And, you know, in fact, if we were to keep reading, just two chapters later, we would see the betrayal of Jesus. And then a little bit after that, we would, of course, get to the crucifixion. And as we read this passage, something stuck out to me. And it was something that I thought a lot about, and it kind of brought the point of my message tonight. When you think about what Jesus is telling his disciples, obviously, if we could put ourselves in the disciples' shoes... I think we can understand their confusion, right? We have the word of God start to finish, so we kind of see how this whole thing plays out. But when you think about it, you've got the disciples who Jesus says, I'm going to go, and then I'm going to come back, and then basically, then I'm going to go to my father. And they're like, Wait, what do you mean you're going to go, and then you're going to come back, and then you're going to go to the father. What, You know, in their minds, they're thinking, Jesus is finally here. He's going to set up his kingdom. We're going to be, nope. That wasn't it. And obviously, we can look back and, and we can read the Bible and see that wasn't the case. But I could understand their confusion, right? And then, on top of all that, he's saying he's going to send some comforter? What? What's a comforter, right? Like, I'm sure they didn't have, you know, comforter sheets, 18 pillows on their bedspread. You know, they. what is this comforter, Jesus? And they're confused. And we know that, Obviously, that didn't surprise Jesus. Jesus says in one verse later, Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said, a little while, and ye shall not see me? And again, a little while, and ye shall see me? He says, Yes, I understand you're confused. And he goes to explain a little bit. But the thing that really sticks out to me is not that he says, I'm going to leave you. He's going to go to the cross, and he's going to rise again. Right? I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to go to my father. The part that it surprises me is when he says, let me turn to it. Verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Isn't that crazy to think about? The disciples are a very interesting group of men to me because they had probably the closest relationship Earthly relationship outside of I would say his mother with Jesus, our Savior. What could? What do you mean, Jesus? Why is it expedient that you go away? How could anything else be better than us getting to be in the presence of you? Doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't. But Jesus said is it is expedient. It is necessary. It is better for you that I go. And I thought to myself if the disciples who basically lived with Jesus during his earthly ministry in those those couple of years if it was better for them that he go to the Father and send the Holy Spirit to them then how much more important is the Holy Spirit for us, the believer that never got a chance to walk with Jesus? I think that in our Christian lives, and I know in mine, the Holy Spirit can start to become this fictional character that that we don't really take advantage of. It is God living in us. And all that that entails. And yet, sometimes I think we pray to God without recognition of He's right here. He's right here. So, if there was a title... I guess, to this message, it would be living in the Spirit until present with our Savior. I want, to, I want to point out a couple of things that the Holy Spirit is or does for us. Why is it so important that the Holy Spirit is now with us, the Comforter, right? Obviously, the disciples were used mightily. They turned the world upside down, it says, Right. And so it was very important and they needed the the Holy Spirit to accomplish what God gave them to accomplish. Right. So I want to look at a few things and how the Holy Spirit is a factor in our life and what the Holy Spirit does for us. If we take a look at something here, we see that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Let's go to John chapter 14. We're going to look at John chapter 14 and we'll look at verse 26. The Bible says here in John chapter 14, verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So we see that the Holy Spirit will teach and remind us. I thought of this for a second. We study the Word of God, right? Let's say we were in school and we had to write an essay on a book. And we're trying to put together that essay. We're trying to figure out, really figure out the author, right? What was, what's the main message the author is trying to get across to his audience? Wouldn't it be really, really great and make your job of writing that paper a lot easier if you had somebody who actually was part of writing the book? Who knew the author very well? Couldn't they explain things a lot better to us? It'd be much easier to understand the principles they're trying to derive in that book if we actually had a chance to see it through the lens of the writer, of the author, right? The Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach us. And I have to believe that when I'm studying God's Word, the Holy Spirit helps me understand the principles that are in it, right? He teaches us. So we see the Holy Spirit as a teacher, but... The verse says he reminds us, He brings all things to your remembrance." And I find that so interesting, because how many times have you ever been talking with somebody? If I, I, I really, really struggle with uh, references when it comes to verses, and, and a lot of times I need like I need a word, I need a word. Need, you know what I mean? And I'm sure that's not just me, at least I hope. <laughs> but I can struggle with that. But there's been time after time, whether I'm at the grocery store, door-to-door visitation, anything like that, if we're talking about the things of God and about salvation or, or something else, a verse can kind of pop into your mind at times. And I'm not talking about, you know, spooky stuff, oh, that was weird. No, I, I believe the Holy Spirit plays a factor in that. He's bringing things to the remembrance that, that He has already taught us. That's exciting. We can have confidence going and telling people our testimony and telling people what the Bible says about salvation because the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that we have learned. I find that exciting. Not only when it comes to, to soul winning or, or sharing the gospel, but in our own personal lives. Aren't there times when we need to remember the promises of God?
0: Yeah,
1: amen. You know what I mean? Those times when things just aren't great. He can bring to remembrance the promises of God. And that's encouraging. Again, we all know what those are, those difficult seasons. And the Bible has an answer for everything. And sometimes as humans, we are nearsighted. We don't know what to say, and the Holy Spirit just brings to remembrance those promises in the Scripture. And that's encouraging. It's amazing. So we see that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Number two. This is an easy one. The Holy Spirit is fruitful. And I think you know where we're going, right? Galatians chapter 5, right? Galatians chapter 5. Let's turn over there. We know it, but we got to read it anyways. Galatians chapter 5. If we started reading a few verses before the main point here, we would... Kind of see, uh, the Apostle Paul is essentially giving some instructions to the believer, <clears throat> and once he finally gets to this point, you know, we can see the importance of how we're supposed to live, and it kind of culminates to where he ends this. So let's let's read this really quick. Galatians chapter five, verses sixteen twenty-five. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, longsuffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the with the affections. And if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So we see that the Spirit can provide fruit in our lives. Now I remember I remember a time we were we were getting our, our basement waterproofed. Brother Nate actually helped us with that. And to this day my parents' basement is dry. But before that, any time it rained, and I mean like clockwork, our carpet got soaked Till finally one time, I mean, we got home and water was just, you know, sitting there. So I can't remember if it was like during the waterproofing process, maybe just after it, we had to, of course, put new flooring down. But before we could put the new flooring down, we had to get rid of the old stuff. And so the carpet obviously was torn up. And then we had this, like, really, really thin tile stuff that was just kind of glued to the ground. The kind of stuff that if you scrape it off, it just kind of, like, cracks as you scrape it. Really thin, nasty stuff. So one night, and I, I don't know, I think maybe I was, like, 10 years old or something like that, 10, 11. Um, <clears throat> we were all upstairs, and we were watching something. And we didn't watch TV all the time, so it was, you know, that was a privilege. All of us, as soon as the TV's on, we're, like, huddled around the TV. This is great. What? TV? Yes! You know? And uh, so we're watching TV. We don't want to stop watching TV. We finally got it on. But then my dad goes downstairs, and I hear him working. Come on! So I went downstairs to check it out, see what's going on. He's got one of those scrapers you can scrape it with. And he's getting that tile off the ground. So we had two scrapers. I grabbed the other one. Him and I are both working on it. And uh, my brother, I think Josh, came down, but there was only two of them, so I'm assuming he saw that and oh, well, can't really do much. So he went back upstairs. And we didn't work for a long time, but, I mean, good grief, you do that for, you know, 30 minutes, you wake up sweating, getting hot. and you know, But it was fun. You know, Dad and I were working together. I don't know how much time passes by, but eventually he says, Caleb, we're calling it a night. We're done. I said, all right. So we go upstairs. Everybody else is just relaxing in the living room watching TV. Dad and I just finished the work. And I sit down on the couch. Dad opens the fridge. And there's a bottle, multiple bottles, 20 ounce bottles of Dr. Pepper. Now, if you know my dad, he prefers a bottle. That's his, you know, he loves them. So he brings that out, sits in the living room, opens his, takes a good gulp. He says, Caleb. You want one? What? But, Dad, we're only allowed to have pop on Friday nights with pizza once a week. Go ahead. Get one. You helped out. All right. I go into the kitchen all proud, open the fridge, grab it, sit down on the couch. Delicious. Now, one of my siblings gets up sees that I have a drink, a pop, goes into the kitchen, opens the fridge, grabs the bottle, sits down, and I can remember, my dad looked over at him, says, hey, um, the pops are just for the ones who work downstairs. Caleb gave me a hand, so he gets that pop. And then at that moment, (laughs) that's right. I helped. I get the pop. Right? There was a work to be done. And again, nothing crazy, but I helped my father. We accomplished something. I did it how he taught me to do it. And when we were done, I got to participate. You know something, when we walk in the Spirit, we get some rewards. And I'm not talking about physical things we can touch, much better. We get the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, I could go on. These are things that I want and I need. I need these things circumstances change in life, Amen. right? All the time. I, and I am not in control of some of those things. And when circumstances change that I am not in control of, it is really great to have the peace of God in your life, isn't it? It's really great to have some joy because when there's a moment or moment of not being happy, that emotion of happiness, joy is understanding what God provides. And that can overrule the temporary unhappiness. I, I assume that's why happiness isn't mentioned. Joy, I, I believe, is different than happiness. Peace, long-suffering, gentle. I need to be able to treat other people the way Christ would. Gentleness. It needs, you need to. Was there anyone more meek than Jesus? I need those things to live out the Christian life the way I, I ought to. And you know what? The Bible is clear on certain things, and I need to follow those if I'm to walk in the Spirit. Because until I walk in the Spirit, if I don't have joy, then I probably have frustration, anger. If I don't have peace, I have turmoil. If I don't have long suffering, I have a bad temper. And I don't want to be that person. Nobody wants to be around me that person. I doubt my family wants to be around me when I'm the opposite of those things. So the, the Spirit is fruitful. The Spirit is giving Amen. as long as we walk in the Spirit. Right. Lastly, number three, just as our text said in John chapter 16, the Spirit is a comforter. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I tricked you there, didn't I? thought we were going back to John 16. Nope! Romans chapter 8. We're just going to read a couple verses. We'll read verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is a comforter. You know, if you were to look up the word infirmities, and you were to think to yourself, what are some words I can replace that with? Infirmities, right? What are some synonyms for infirmities? you're going to find words like disease, illness, ailment, condition, trouble, complication, infection, weakness, and feebleness, among many other. Those are some. The Bible says in verse 26 of Romans chapter 8, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. He is a comforter. And you know something, I need a comforter because I do have some ailments. I have some bad conditions at times. Trouble comes, complication comes. Sometimes I have a time of weakness. Sometimes I'm feeble and I need a comforter. You know something, there's nobody that understands you quite like the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us. Think about what the verse says here. The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. He's saying there are times when you don't even know how to request something from God because that infirmity is so real. You are at your wit's end with what you should even pray about. You know not what you should pray for. And there are times we get to that point and you want to know something? It's not, it's not something physical that's going to do the trick for us. The Holy Spirit has to be our comforter in that moment. And you want to know something? Sometimes we are so quick to go to other people, and I'm so guilty of this, and I, I need other people's opinions, and it's sometimes, sometimes I just got to go to my Father and Lord, and the Holy Spirit is my intercessor here, I don't know what to pray for. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what next step to take. Please help. Send your comforter. I am uprooted in this problem. And the Bible says, "The Spirit maketh itself, inter- the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groaning." The Spirit feels that tension, understands your frustration, knows what you are going through, what I am going through. And the Spirit is our comforter and makes intercession on our behalf, our direct access to our Heavenly Father. Because He understands. No one can understand what we are going through quite like the Spirit, living in our hearts Understanding the, the pain that we go through at times. And I've, I'm speaking from myself. I don't access the Spirit like I should. Back to the beginning. We said, how crazy is it that the disciples could walk in the presence of Jesus, and yet it was better for them that the Spirit came and indwelled them. Rather than being in the presence of Jesus. As Christians today, we have never got to sit shoulder to shoulder with Jesus Christ. We don't know what that's like. We have his word, but the spirit indwells us. Do we live out our day knowing the spirit indwells us? Do we live out each day understanding that we have access to the Father, through the Holy Spirit in us? knowing that whatever job he has given us to do, we will be able to accomplish it because the Spirit is guiding in our life if we allow him to. We understand that the Spirit teaches and brings to remembrance. We understand that the Spirit is fruitful. And lastly, we understand that the Spirit is a comforter. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Do we access that? Now, I do want to point out, it's not as if it's some kind of like special cologne or perfume that you only use for special occasions, right? You know what I mean? You go over to it finally, oh, it's um, our anniversary dinner tonight. We're going out. I'm going to get the good stuff out, right? That's not how it works. You don't just get to flip a switch. All right, Holy Spirit, I need your help today. Man, am I going through it. I tell you what, you wouldn't believe what's going on. I don't think it's like that. I think it's a daily walk and a daily activity. And I'm guilty of not doing that properly at times, and I need to beg for forgiveness for that. because I don't think we take as serious the spiritual warfare that goes on. The devil truly does attack us. You know He really does. And I cannot afford to miss an opportunity to read God's word. And I can't afford that. And and when I do things like that, I don't think the Spirit has control in my life the way it should. And when that is happening, that means He is not able to provide those fruits. And the Spirit isn't able to be that comforter. And the Spirit isn't able to bring to remembrance and teach. And so every day we need to understand this isn't just something that That we can flip a switch on we need to understand the daily activity the daily things the bible instructs us we know to do to have the spirit working through us we need the power of the holy spirit in our life today the world is wicked and the devil is attacking and we need the power of the holy spirit in our life we cannot accomplish great things without it i need the holy spirit For me to be the father, I ought to be. The husband, I ought to be. The church member and the Christian, I ought to be. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I have to have it. And no, I I have not gone into detail of, how do I have it then? I think the Bible is clear on that. We just need to be in his word. And he, he will show you that. Because if you have a desire to, then I believe he will... Bring to remembrance the things that we have learned. What if we don't feel the Spirit leading in our lives, right? There have been times in my life where I can get frustrated, you know, or uh, things are going on. You're serving at church, right? And You're here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You try to do all the other stuff. You try to be a help. You want to be a blessing. And then, like, you realize at some point that, man, I am just exhausted, a little bit irritated, a little on edge. I don't know. Maybe I need to step back a little bit, you know? So, I guess when I talk, every time you say something, you speak from experience, so I feel like I'm just digging holes up here, <laughs> you know? But, you know, that can set in a little bit, you know? The same exact bus kid just got kicked out of class, and it's the ninth week in a row. What are we doing, right? <laughs> right? But you know what? When when we come upon those times and we maybe don't feel the spirit leading, we don't quite have the love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering. Let's just let's just take a step back. Let's just let's just ask the Lord to reveal what it is in our life that is prohibiting the spirit to move. Let's get into God's word and And figure out, if I don't have these things, let's understand, Lord, it's probably a mistake on my end. Not yours, you're perfect. And let's humble ourselves and pray to God and say, God, life is starting to become a little too much. And that probably means I'm putting too much of that weight on my shoulders. I need you. I need your spirit, your comforter. Show me what it is that is preventing the spirit from moving in my life. Because we need those fruits. We need his teaching, his remembrance, and we need a comforter. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just come before you tonight. God, you are so great. And Lord, I feel like we barely scratched the surface of being able to access your power, your throne. And, Lord, I I pray that I would be in your word, that I would please the Spirit, that I would receive those fruits that the Spirit has. And, Lord, that I would be able to look to you in my time of need and understand that, Lord, you were there for us. God, I just pray that uh, you would use this message tonight. Lord, I'm so thankful for all you do. Thank you for your Holy Spirit in our lives for not allowing us to live on our own. We would be so lost without you here on this earth, God. And we just thank you for who you are. Be with us this evening. Amen. As the piano plays, we can all stand.